0: Da 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 da
1: 2, songs I want to sing right now. That's why I put it down. Okay. We should learn right now for the Rufuah Shlem of Am It's brought down in the, the Sefer Keser Shem Tov of the Baal Shem Tov's teachings, a whole Torah from Repinchas of Koritz that describes... Four different states of sleeping in the human being, in the in the individual, and that the Baal Shem Tov came at a time where Am Yisrael was mamish in a state of a coma, and that's why you know it says that when you call someone's name, then if they're about to faint or even they fainted, if you call their name, then you connect. You're connecting the body to the soul. That's what the name is, because what function does the body does the does a name have? Name is the connector between the body and the soul. The, his name was Yisrael, right? Bar name is Yisrael. So he said, like, calling his name was like waking up, waking up Am Yisrael from a coma, from a certain coma. And I think that um, I think that um, you know Am Yisrael is always chayv kayam, but you could tell. Like I was telling this, I was saying to her when we were walking in here, like you could, you can get a sense of what it means to be part of Am Yisrael, living in Eretz Yisrael. And a part of Amishra is not living in Eretz Yisrael. You mm-hmm. asked about Chedera. Like, how many of my friends, rabbis, this morning are, are posting and tweeting about Chedera or about Will Smith? Baruch Hashem, some of you were looking at me like, what, what are you talking about? And that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, Anu, anu it's like we say, we, something, we do a sim, we say, Anu amelim, behem amelim but i see him when you say we're working hard and they're working hard you're not you're referring to yidden and non-yidden but the sifting is getting like clearer and clearer and clearer the amelud like what are you working on what is it you're working so hard on so you know mornings like this they're the you ah, wake up you're, you're, there's so much anger in the heart and there's so much of a uh, anticipation of now everyone's going to wake up, and then someone's someone will ask you, what, "What does it mean to wake up?" And you yourself don't even have an answer to that, a clear answer either. All you know is you want to wake up. You know, so at least those that have a some to wake up are on the on the path to waking up. But Hashem should have rachmanut on Nishmas Yisrael, and there should be a what's what do you think? when you, when you take someone out of a coma? What's it called? D- is there a word? You res- wake. Res- resuscitate? Awake. Yeah, I guess so. Decomatize. Decomatize. I don't know. I don't know if there's a, there should be a decomatization. And the words of the Piyot Setson should help us get there. Today, what I want to do is, because this happened one time also when we were learning, twice when we were learning Bnei Shavatova, is that we're at a place here now that it's not worth ripping our hearts and souls open to try to understand what he's trying to tell us in Hebrew. Even for Israelis like me, I could learn it, but I know that he's saying a million things beneath it. What I want to do is I want to point you to where I'm going to be, where I'm going to be reading out of in the English for, for just a few mamash, just a few, uh, a few paragraphs. If you could please go to Daf Lamed Vav, okay, where, where we are on Daf Lamed Vav. Is the second paragraph, and I'm going to read for you in English a little bit, a few paragraphs, and I want you to think to to, to listen very strongly until until I tell until, until we're back there. Okay, I'm going to read a little bit. I'm actually going to start reading from a paragraph before this, on the bottom of Lamed Hay, which we did already, and then we're going to read. We're going to go weiter. The tikkuned Zohar (coughs) does not mean to say that there is a thinking soul and a visualizing soul. Rather, at first, when our soul's activity is weak, only a small part of it expresses itself and it thinks. But when when we activate more of it, it also shows us images. We spoke about this last time. I noted in Chovas HaTalmedim that if you have a weak thought about some enemy who has insulted you, you don't visualize his face. But if you think about him more forcefully, you do visualize his face. And in addition, in addition, you recall what he said to you and the circumstances in which this occurred. And then, like we said last time, you kind of like replay the whole thing again. It all becomes... Keep what's happening to you right now. All of this is called visualizing. As I said there, forceful thought and imagination are one and the same thing. That's an important thing. Forceful thought and imagination... one of the same thing the only difference is that some things you can visualize in images such as a house a person but other things you cannot see in your mind's eye such as words and so you recall those things with a forceful thought alone but both are called visualization all that we learned last week and so the emotion of the soul reveals itself only against a background of thought Thus, only if you think and ruminate on the evil that someone did to you with forceful thought, will you arouse your feelings of anger. In other words, the extent of feeling depends on how forcefully and extensively you think about something. I'm going to say that paragraph again. In other words, the extent of feeling depends on how forcefully and extensively you think about something. Hen tov, hen ra, Both for good or for bad, n'chon? Right? Not associated with the way that it was when it originally happened? Choliot. <laughs> I mean, if <laughs> something, if
2: something really hurt
1: you... choliot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you could also, like... It may be based on what originally happened, but you took it completely out of, out of context. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So that's why sometimes yes, sometimes no, but it depends on what you've done with it afterwards, right? <clears throat> Thus, if you want to expand your intellectual knowledge you must fill your mind with many different facts and concepts. That's for the expansion of intellectual knowledge. And in the same way, if you want to expand your thinking ability so that you can concentrate at length and forcefully, you must fill your mind with many different visual images. This is the avoda of shikhlula makshaba, of development of the mind. I stress that these must be a variety of images. It has to be, like he says over here, It's got to be a bunch of different images. That is because, first of all, you will not expand your ability to think and visualize on the basis of one image alone. You can't just have one visual in front of you and be like, expansion, expansion. It's got to be a bunch of different things. Also, by their nature, thought and mental image only remain in your mind when you add new images. For instance, bless you. You can only hold the thought of the evil that someone did to you if you imagine what he was thinking, (coughs) Bless bless you, how he prepared himself, exactly how he raised his hand against you, exactly what he said to you, and so forth. You understand that? It's not just this one image, it's a bunch of different pieces of the action that he did. That's when it becomes engraved in you, and the thought is much more longer, expansive, right? Therefore, if you want to manifest your holy thoughts on a, on a Chag or on Shabbos, strengthen your holy thoughts about the Chag or the Shabbos. We already told us that before, but now he's going to say how. Oh, this is beautiful. In order to do so, it does not suffice to simply think that the holiday or the Shabbos is holy, because you can neither hold that thought for long nor make it forceful. Like, imagine like this. He's saying, the PSS says I have says, I have to develop my mind, my thinking the way I think about things and people. When should I do this? I should do it on Shabbos and on Chag. And then I come to Shabbos and on Chag, and I'm like, It doesn't work either. He's going to explain what it means now. Think about that which is not visual with powerful concentration, and visualize those that are visual As though they are literally standing before you. Only in this way will you manifest your soul's emotion. Even when your soul is not feeling emotional with such thoughts, you can awaken it to feeling through what? Through the mind. It's just it's just it's it's brilliant. Now, he's gonna give. I'm gonna let him continue just for just for one more minute. Okay. But listen to, if you have the English, look at it, but listen, listen to what I'm saying. The Naam suggests that in order to arouse your thought, imagine you're standing in the Beis HaMikdash. Imagine the Mizbeach, the Heichal, containing the Kodesh Kodashim, and so forth. That will lead you to total clarity and clinging to Hashem, making it possible for you to pray with great feeling, with awe and love, as though you were standing in the Kodesh Kodashim. He stresses that you should have not just a forceful thought, but a powerful visualization as though you are actually seeing this. Mm. Now let me ask you, Chavar, can any person attain this? How
0: can you attain
2: something that you've never experienced.
1: Is it possible for any person to attain such an act? It, if we, I mean, he's,
2: if he's, he's, he's saying, saying it,
1: that right. he can, of course. Right, meaning, is there, is, is there anyone that's not on the level <clears throat> to visualize? But well, one thing you have to do in order to do these visualizations, right? What's that? You have to know what you're visualizing. So to merit, you, had, you have to spend a little bit of time, to save it, like for this, for what he just said right now, right? You have to actually like go through the art scroll with the, with the illustrations over there, of, of the Mizbeach, of the Heichal, of the Mino right? In order to be, they like, start to play with these things in, in your mind. But, every human being can can tap into this. I'm not saying, will it work? I'm saying, is it possible to tap into it? When we're doing the
2: Torah, when we're reading the Torah or studying the Torah, the details are so exact in all of this Mm -hmm. that that, that I think it's not forcing us to visualize, but it's enhancing our visualization of what it Mm -hmm. Nachon. By these details themselves. Nachon. The only
1: problem is we fall asleep during parshias bayakel Pekude. <laughs> That's the only thing. That dafka those parshias that are giving us the clearest, clearest like food for this kind of work. We're like ah, whatever. Tell me a good story. And he's like, what are you kidding me? I'm, vi- I'm 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 drawing the whole thing out for you. If you learn parsha tetzave inside out bemet, truman tetzave inside out bayakel. It's a little bit more about like exact measurements. But even, it's very similar to Tzavah, you can, you can have a field trip now with going into the Olam HaMachshava when you go in Daven, you know. Now, that's for the Yid that's in Galut, he needs it much more. We're living in Eretz HaKodesh. If we know that the Knisa to, to the Beis HaMikdash was through the Shar Hajromi, right, the southern gate, was the entrance up to the base of Middash back then, right? You know that. Like when you're standing at the Kotel, the, the, everyone, Ameya it's all the nations came in from what it's today called, it's not called Silwan, it's called the Shiloh, Kfar down on the bottom over there. That's the only visualization that you need in order to go there. But think about it. If that was the entrance, where do you think they kind of were like passing through?
2: At that area where we died. Shirat David, <laughs>
1: like it could it, it could very well be that they were actually somehow pilgrimaging through right up here. It's like it's the what we have to work with is just incredible. It's just incredible, and we should take advantage of it. Now, I don't think though that we trust our sense of visualization, or we don't put too much. We don't we don't give it too much hashivas. We don't put we don't give it too much importance.
2: This is sort of like kind of like the meditations we did when we were learning the name Makshava Tova about like in regards to the details. Are we talking about like even these small minute details of like yes. you know, what did the corner look like and, yes. and, and where was their yes. gold, where wasn't their gold why
1: and why is that? Mm-hmm. Because every detail, every ounce of detail that I have to fill in uh, the picture. It, it just it, it, it extends that thought. Like you just spent another second thinking about something holy. Mm-hmm. You think you're thinking about a detail. You actually just spent another second stretching out a long thought about something kadosh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mamashkacha. Mamashkacha. So, look at this one more paragraph. Thus, thought, image, and visualization affect your soul. They actually have a shpa in your nasham. Not only that, They make it possible for your soul to cling to holiness outside of itself and to draw down that holiness from above, so much so that we cannot even imagine how much this does for us and how high we can rise, meaning, trust my word, he's saying. We don't even realize how much of an effect this has on, 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 on our neshama. Okay, so now go back, please, to the bottom of page Lamed Zion. Okay. We went through all that, and I want you to... In, in the, in the, in the, we're just going to do a few minutes today. Now inside. But was that clear? Did that, did that bring down a, a little bit? That was basically everything we said until now, plus more. Giving us the help of just... Uh, sometimes you just have to do it in your mama for a few lines. Now we just said at the beginning of of the bottom paragraph that kama makshava shi gan badmiyon wa adam how much this affects the soul עלה, מלמעלה, תועלת, האדם, לראות, okay so now he starts and continues like this. There's a page of the grandfather of the chida, Abichaim Yosef David Azulay in Zechet Kolish Livracha, whose grandfather had a perush on the sohar. You have an insight in the. In the What page is it by you, by the way? 48. 48. <coughs> what, what I was reading before was, was what you were having.
2: 47, yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, okay, okay, very good. I mean, not very good because there's some problems with... Whatever. It's good that, for what we did today. No, 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 it's fine. Thank you. Look at this. In the name of Reb Moshe Hakadosh. It's so funny. Last night someone sent me a... Uh, like a five lines from the Ramak, from rabbi Moshe Cordovero, to give a hechshar for breathing meditations, because he saw we put out a meditation before Shabbos, so he wanted to let me know that it's okay, it's, a, it's kosher, <laughs> I love it, it's good, It's good. everyone's just trying to make sure everyone's under the hechshar. <laughs> he says an amazing thing. When you're studying the wisdom that you learn from your Rebbe, Yet You know what you have to do. You have to visualize him, your rebbe. The, the face of your rebbe has got to be in front of you. Vid nefesh and then what's called a soul-to-soul clinging takes place when the tsura of your rav is in front of you. So obviously, when the person's literally in front of you and a rebbe is teaching, you should never close your eyes or put your face. In. You should always have that imagery in front of you. And but even when they're not there or they're not in this world anymore. Visualize your Rebbe, and then there's going to be what's called idabkut nefesh yeah. benefesh, this very strong level of soul clinging to each other. Like Rabbi Abba, who was a student of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, he said like this: When he would sit there and imagine and visualize Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. The halacha became clear to him. It's not just that he remembered what he said. To, to, to figure out like what the, even the Torah, what the Torah is saying to figure out what the halacha is, it would shine before him when he did this visualization with his rabbi, with his with, with, <coughs> with rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Mm-hmm. This is what it's called the Dvekis of soul to soul. Imagination can't really do this soul effect. It's amazing. You're talking about something that's so abstract, the soul, and yet to have a hashpa on the soul, you need something so chomri. It's so materialistic, which is like a tzura. Right? That's because we're in this world. That's the way we. Why don't you tell me you love me? Can't you feel my soul is telling you I love you? No! Tell me you love me. Why do you need something so materialistic? Right? <laughs> Hashem put us in this world. This is what we're dealing with all the time, right? Don't you know I trust you? No. no. Act on it. Okay, now let's go back inside. <speaking> in <Hebrew> when you gaze, at that imagery that you just did, from that shape and form that you just created before you, your soul will be awakened, and the wisdom will come forth, and you'll grasp what you weren't able to grasp before. Al ayen al through the thought. im with imagination. And it's dafka when it's through this form, you'll merit to be mizdabek with holiness, with the holiness that you've I- illustrated. al yada dusha Torah timashach So this last line is very important. He's not saying that it's only that you'll be able to have longer thoughts of holiness. He's saying something else. Something not else, but something in addition to it. He's saying what happened to Rabbi Abba is that it wasn't that he was able to feel holier for longer, it's that the emes of the Torah began to shine before him, like the truth of the Alachan. The truth of the Allah. What, what the real word of God is. It's not just like mental health and taking care, that's obviously good and important and holy. The way I'm understanding it, based on what he quoted from the Zohar, or what the Ramak was saying, the grandfather of the Ramak, uh, sorry, the grandfather of the Chida, in the name of the Ramak, is that we're always trying to figure out Dvar Hashem. Like, what's, what's Dvar Hashem? Here we're seeing this is not just like a power of a meditation and visualization that it's good for you. And you'll have longer tkufas of feeling good about yourself. He's saying the word of God. Like what, what all these sfarim are true. Like what the tour and what, what the Rambam was trying to do. Rabbi Nassim trying to figure out the emes of the word of God comes forth <laughs> through the dvekut that a person's committed to with the act of visualization. What do you think about that? What do you think about that, guys?
2: You see, the emiss the, the is there. Not only is the emiss there, the emiss is always coming down all the time. Every so, second. Every second. But we're just not connected. So he's saying, but when you do the visualization, it's a platform that just allows you to receive.
1: Mamash to receive dvar Hashem. Right. Nachon, mm-hmm. it's so hard to believe in it, but it's it's. If MS wasn't pouring down every single second, the world would cease to exist, because we don't we're not the kli, or because there's just so many veils and machita upon machitza. like right now, for instance, right now, like if, if every Jew right now, okay, in Eretz Yisrael, would right now wake up this morning and just visualize the face of Rav Kook. Imagine that was the avodah this morning. And then you learn a Torah of Rav Kook, about Kedushat Haaretz. Just think about that for a second. Every Jew, he said one day, every, every day there's like National Stepsister Day, there's all these different, right? <laughs> Every single day there's something else, right? Imagine, every day, it's amazing, National, take out the garbage day. Imagine one day, there was Rav Kook Imagery Day. <laughs> okay? And there was one Pisgah that every Jew in Eretz Israel, Alevai, every Jew in the world, but every Jew in Eretz Yisrael would visualize, but would learn while, you know, having, it's, daf, it's not daf. remember that it's, it's daf, that we have the PSS in his face, there's an Indian like this. Even though it's always through, Kaddush Baruch Like this is a big thing. What would, we said in the beginning of Shir that even those of us that want to do something, we don't even know what to do, we have to believe and understand that when we meet dabek nefesh ben nefesh, with the tzaddikim, Befrat those that were gushing kedushas eretz I believe that what the psedner is telling us is that the mashat laasot you are lecha will be enlightened to you. You'll actually know what to do. But what's the problem is that aleph that's not happening. And as we're talking, the lead, the current leadership. The, it's true, there's not even the elected leadership. It's, it's a little bit com- complicated. This. The, the, the pawns that are in place right now for Hashem, the pawns, they're, they're simply pawns because it's not even an elected leadership. It's, it's, it's very crazy, but it's all Purim. So the non elected the non-elected pawn leadership is right now in the Negev, so to speak, discussing the future. Of what's going to be with Am Yisrael in this region, with with people that are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing with their own countries, like Yilu Zeloh, Zeloh it's not going to do with the Am. The Am has to visualize with Cook. The Am has to visualize the Amudei Torah in the world, the Pillars of Torah in the world. You know, how are we going to know? How are we going to know what to do? Like the P.S.S. Reb is saying, this is. It's not just like it's good for Ahdus to visualize Rav Cook. It's good for... You know, they had a relationship. Do you know about this? They didn't... It wasn't before, but there's, there's a crazy article Rav Weinberger once shared with us, there's an amazing piece about Hasidim of Piyasetsna that met with Rav Cook and there was a little bit of interchange between them because they lived around the same time. I mean, Rav Kook passed away about seven years before the Rebbe was murdered, but there was some, there was some correspondence between the two. They talk about like you know two when when two great people meet. Remember, there was the whole attempt that the Orach Chaim and the Balshemta would meet. It never happened. What would have happened in the world, right? Can you imagine if Rav Cook and, and Replonimus Kalman would have met? Talk about the need of visualization. I can't even. that. I, I, some things you can't even can. But we could visualize it. <laughs> you know, we could do these things. But I do believe that to know what to do, even today, with Halakha, in terms of how to act here in Eretz Yisrael with people that are threats to you, but to do it with conviction of mamish da'as Torah, clear, clear, not like I'm not sure this one, clear, clarity, there'd be amazing thing. You know, when Reb Chaim, you see all these videos of Reb Chaim Kanievsky looking like this, someone comes up to him, asks a question, how, did, how was he able to answer right away because he was so smart? Maybe yes, maybe no, but it's, it's almost like the guy was visual, the guy, the tzaddik was visualizing every word he was saying all day long, so the emes was mu'ar. It was shining forth before him all day long. And then for the answers, you ever see someone answer faster than Reb Answer a Shailah faster? You ever see any of the shilas that have been going around now, all these questions? He's answering, like, it was right over, There's not a, not a second of, like, I'm not sure. Flowing all the time. So the tzaddikim have this power of visualization because they're constantly midapkim nefesh Nefesh, with all the tzaddikim that came before us. They're standing right in front of them. Remember Rav Soloveitchik with that famous audio that everyone should listen to? Everyone should listen to this piece of audio. It's like a... It was definitely a big Ashpan. I mean, when he was talking about, like, uh, when he walks into Shir, what he sees... Anyone ever hear this? He says... He was talking about like his experience when he goes into a shir to teach. And he said, I give him to Shir, and then the Rambam shows up and he says what he says. And then my grandfather shows up and says what he says. He went through the whole Masora and says, they actually show up in the room while he's teaching. And then they say, they say, he said, he said they say what they say. It's not like I say, I, they're saying. They're talking. They're bringing it in. You know? At ours, at, the year before you, uh, you had Mosque Day, the day that I had Smicha Day, that Rabbi Bravender said at our Smicha at our Day that we're very aware. He said that you're not going to remember most of the that you learned right now, like the laws of salting and a lot of the stuff you learned right now. That's not the point over here. The point was that you're becoming part of the conversation that began at Mount Sinai, and you feel at home in that conversation. That's, that was the point of, like... Isn't that an amazing thing?
2: Mm-hmm. See, there's, there's also... I don't know if it's parallel, I don't know exactly. Since we're sitting next to Adler's house, so, um, so Josh Adler is a great guy. I don't think he ever wants to issue. I don't think so. I don't think... He, I don't think he... Hard knocks issue. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. <laughs> but in 2000, when there was shooting on the road, so he just went with a couple guys and uh, stood on the road and stopped traffic. That was just the end of the story, you know? That was just what it is, you know? So he had a clarity in his mind, the kind of clarity we're talking about. Right. I don't, we have to ask him where it came from. Maybe it came from Afghana, Maybe. I maybe, you know. Or the women that went up to Dagan, right. you know, and chained themselves to concrete block. They, I also don't know how much time they spent in yeshiva, or, but okay. they had a clarity. They, they had some kind of picture in their mind, to, to which translated into action. Right. I, I just don't know, it seems that may, maybe here in Israel... Maybe it definitely
1: can go this way, but maybe there's another mahalach of, of intuitive. Maybe. Something intuitive. But, but, but if it's not. Yeah, but the danger with saying that is that if the, intuit, if the intuitive state that leads you to act is against the Torah, it cannot be Dvar Hashem. Okay. I'm not saying that that's against. The examples you gave, in my humble opinion, are Kodesh Kodashim, and I should be zochet to. Act an ounce of that Messias Nefesh. Um, but I, I think I can make peace with, like, with what you're saying, is that maybe in, in Chutzleitz you need all the different Levushim to get to the trusting that the shining is coming through, whereas here it's just such an instant, direct link that you're, you're able to feel, this is Amas, this is Dvay Hashem just as long, like Rabbi Nachman said about learning Likutei Maran, he's like, if, if, what, if what I'm saying leads you to the, you know, you need to change it and, or, or stretch it in order to, it to make more sense to you, to bring you closer to Hashem, it's still me talking to you. The only thing is, if it took you to a place that's outside of the halacha, it's not me talking to you anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. So people ask me when I go to the States, so what's the biggest difference between, you know, Boka, we'll just say, or Eretz Right? <laughs> People really ask you, that? yeah, like legit. What's the? I'm like, well, in America, you really, really have to work hard to see the HP, and here it's just you're blind not to see it.
0: Mhm.
1: So like the same concept. Bif mamash, bifrat us <laughs> that could literally, if we took time and visualized that Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov may have walked and stood on the ground we're standing right <laughs> now, mamash. This is like a very, it's right there in our hands.
0: Okay, we're going to stop here and we'll continue with the on Wednesday, okay? Yeshakach, everybody.